Need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. We laugh, we cry, we dig deep, we shoot the shit, we feel our feels, and we highlight the real. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is... I got you, boo. Hello, hello. Hi. We're so glad you're back. Thanks so much. Was that one of the good... You didn't make a comment about my high, so I guess it wasn't one of those... Oh, I forgot. What did you say? What did you say? The dis- What was your descriptor word for sometimes they're really... Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> sometimes your highs are like a little bit heart, like they're heart. I mean, it wasn't a bad one by any means. Like they come from my diaphragm. They're just said with like a little bit more like, oomph. Okay. Today was a less of an oomph day. I know. I know. I just didn't, I didn't think it it was great. It was great. It was great. You're doing great. great. (laughs) How the hell are you? Vibe check. I'm, I'm, well, I'm tired. Are you nervous right now? A little bit nervous. There's, There's things just falling all over the place. It's a sign. It's a sign. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of nervous. Not really. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Because, like, I feel like it's so interesting when you talk about your life. It's like, it's yours, right? It's your story. So, like, what is there to be nervous about? Like, you can't fuck it up. It's your story. Yeah. Sometimes it's, like, a weird how it's going to land. And it's literally just us talking. Yeah. But, like, everyone else is listening. So it's fine. Yeah. A little weird. Um, I'm tired. I've had like some really rough night sleeps yesterday. I, uh, my, my friend Erica was over and she had like, it was like hailstorm in Toronto. And then I'm the the best, best friend in the whole world. And I obviously always just say like, no problem. I'll pick you up from the airport. Even if it's at just an ungodly hour (laughs) in a hailstorm. Oh gosh. I did that. And you know what? It reminds me like when I got there and I had to like wait for her to get her bags, I was like, I cannot believe this was my life. Like I, I used to do this all the time. I used to be on delayed flights and, and wait around for baggage and pay a gajillion dollars in Ubers. It was just an interesting, like, you know, when you have moments where you're like, was that even my life? Was that me? Yeah. Like that's how I felt idling in my car yesterday at 2am. I'm like, who the fuck signed up for this life? Like, why did I do this? This was a normal occurrence. <laughs> so I'm tired. I'm tired. But you know, when I'm tired, um, I don't nap because normal people, I'm not normal. Um, I instead toss on red lipstick and my lashes and I just tell myself I'm fine. There toss you go. A little bandaid on. It's fine. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> shit to do tonight. I was like, what am I going to do? Like nap? Got, I got some important stuff to talk about. <laughs> some, they say power naps are great, though, and as an energy booster. I think I might sleep until the next day. Like, I'm not a good napper. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. I'll wake up and I'll be like, what day is it? What time is it? Um, but generally speaking, I'm like in a good disposition. That's great. Speaking, I would say. That's great. I've, I'm t- completely out of fucks. Today was the day. <laughs> I actually realized the moment it was at 11, 16 a.m. Wow, uh, still in the morning. Damn. And yeah. <laughs> and I felt my body give my last fuck until oh. winter break. Until winter break. Just yeah. send it. 
just I need to just like pick. I usually the biggest lesson I've learned as an educator and has transferred into life is to pick my battles carefully. And so I picked my final battle. Oh, <laughs> unless something hor- knock on wood, I say that unless something horrible happens and a kid actually needs me. But like, I'm not going to chase you to do your, sh- your shit anymore. So if you just want to act no, a fool, I mean, and that's just where we're at. <laughs> Other than that, I'm pretty good. I'm so glad I fixed my bike. I was so annoyed this morning. <sighs> this whole so, calibration thing. I'm not excited to get mine because I'm not very tech savvy. <laughs> I can walk you through it. I mean, the tutorials are great, but like my sensor wasn't working and my heart rate monitor wasn't hooking up. And I was like, okay, I don't care about the heart rate monitor. We talk on here all the time about the numbers. The only number I really need on the bike is my speed so that I know if I am like what I need to do. So other numbers I could care less about, but couldn't care less about. I always say that wrong. Couldn't care less about. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, I couldn't get it to work. And then by the time I got it, I was like, fuck yeah, suck yeah, I, I fixed it. And then I was like, I also have to really get ready for work. So <laughs> I'm just glad I fixed it for tomorrow. No big deal. What a stuff to the start to the Monday for sure. That was a workout but, in itself, though. I'm sure you're like pressing all the buttons, like to cursing off my bike. I was like, oh, my God. But no, pretty good. It was a gloomy ass Monday and it Same. was 60 yeah. something degrees. Same weather system. You know, same sometimes, sometimes it throws us for a loop, but was there hail where you are? No. Oh my God. There's like those hail pellets that are like, they're like flying through the air sideways. <laughs> they just oh get God. you like from every angle. I was walking Luna. I'm like, it's fine. Let's just turn. I'm like, put my little, like I licked my finger and put my little finger to the, to, you know, to the wind and was like, okay, the wind's going this way. Let me go this way. And <laughs> I still got hail in the face. So yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't get why any of that. Thank goodness. Like, why do we live Thank where, goodness. what's that mean? Like, why do I live where my, where it hurts my face? <laughs> I have never seen that meme. Oh, it's like, it's just like a little, like. I think that's a Canadian thing. <laughs> probably. I'm going to find it and send it to you. It's like, why do I live where it hurts my face? And it's just like this person just wearing like six parkas and like multiple toques and just like. There's just wind. It's like a wind line hitting them in the face with hails. It's, I, it's yeah, that rare. might be a Canadian, a Canadian <laughs> thing. I did go on a really weird rabbit hole. I oh. can't be trusted. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I live alone with yes. Bubs, Bruno. my Bruno. Yeah. So I would love to be one of those people that like sleep with their phone in the other room. But if mm. God forbid I need it mm. in the middle of the night, I can't, I can't do that. So I'll turn off the TV and stuff, but sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to set an alarm. I have my hatch has like a uh, warm light for the night. So when yeah. it goes off, I know to put my phone away. Well, I got stuck in a rabbit hole and it was the weirdest rabbit hole I've ever been stuck. And I've been stuck in, so I should probably talk about them more on here. But this rabbit hole was watching people walk into like jump into what they think is a puddle, but it's actually a deep sinkhole. So you just how see did, them disappear. Where did you find this? Like, how did you find this <laughs> rabbit hole? You, I, hold on. <laughs> you literally got yourself into a rabbit hole about Love sinkholes. Holes. <laughs> yeah, in, inception hole diving. Because I found one and I was like, there's got to be more videos <gasps> of people falling into sinkholes. I'm going to watch this shit. And then I, wa- I was like, "This is." it's been 45 minutes. You need... You- <laughs> like, are they just like walking on the street and then they just yeah, fall they're into like, a hole? Yeah, it's such adults, children of all ages, sizes, shapes, and colors, just like walking down the street and like, I'm going to jump in this hole. And then they draw, and then you see them disappear. 
I don't know if they ever come back up, actually. There was oh, a few that, I, like, okay, okay. I was understanding. I, that's not what I was, I, I have to listen to you clearly because I thought <laughs> you were watching videos of someone like just not knowing that there was a sinkhole. No, right. Yeah, that's what it is. No, and they're like walking on the street and they just fall yep. into a hole. Yeah, they jump into what they think is a puddle, but it's a sinkhole. Oh, see, they're actively jumping into something though. I thought you meant like yeah. they were just going on a fucking walk in Central Park oh, and they just no, no, like no, disappeared no. into the great beyond. No, no, no. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that happens. So I will never trust a puddle again. That's for sure. You never know. That's about all I got (laughs) for my vibe check today. That's where I'm at emotionally. Okay. And physically and mentally. Cool. All right. I mean, I, um, I'm a big, everyone knows this by now that I'm a big reality TV fan. Big, big reality TV fan. Tis not the season for Big Brother, unfortunately. So I'm leaning into all the bachelors. And for some reason, there's like Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette. The last Bachelorette season just finished. There's a lot of drama in Bachelor Nation right now. People are breaking up. People are like cheating on people. People are dating people while dating other people. I'm just like, you guys need to get your shit together. But one of the bachelors, like my favorite bachelor ever, his name was Colton. Um, he recently came out as gay. And this is like after, you know, after the show and after picking a girl and going through this whole engagement and the whole process. And oh, I do remember honestly, seeing this. Yes, yes. It was super like, I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like, oh man, he's going to get just, it's terrible. But, you know, I was like, you know, good for him for having, you know, the, the balls to to do this, but he's done it in such a great way because he contacted Netflix and wanted to tell a story and have them essentially follow him around while he was giving the news to his loved ones when he was coming out. And it's called Coming Out Colton on Netflix. Oh, I did. Yes, yes, yes. Got a okay. really good ring to it. And I watched it and it is something else. There's, it's only six episodes unless they're releasing more. I don't think so but it's only six episodes and it covers like each, you know, stage. So obviously first he tells his, his family, like his mom and his dad, and they're all super accepting. And then he tells like his best friend from high school. And she was like, I'm super proud of you. And then he goes on to tell his coach. So he used to play in the NFL and he talks a lot about why that is why he became closeted because there's a lot of like, there's a lot there's a whole, whole lot to unpack there. Totally. <laughs> a, whole, a whole lot to unpack for sure. And he talks so openly about it. Like I was actually shook because as the bachelor, he was a very like demure, quiet, not opinionated. He, he really like when the girls were being dramatic, he like leaned all the way out. Like he was like, absolutely the fuck not. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not engaging, yeah. but he is like, he goes hard in this documentary, challenges a lot of people in his life. He's a man of faith. So he contacts his pastor about, cause he's Christian and he contacts his pastor about like, so like, according to your teachings, um, you know, I'm a sin, you know, just existing. I'm a sin. And he has some pretty hard conversations with his pastor. They're not nice. I don't agree with them. That's my opinion. It was a very eye opening documentary and made me realize like, okay, this guy, has the means to get his word out, to get his story out. But not everybody does, right? And think about how many people like him are athletes that maybe never get the opportunity or never grow the confidence to be who they are truly. And he talked about that. And it like, honestly, like I was like, I made it through this whole documentary without crying. And then (laughs) he was like, You know, I genuinely, he was like talking to one of his best friends and he was like, I'm telling you, man, I thought I was going to go to the grave with this. 
I genuinely Whoa. thought I was going to pretend to be straight my whole life. He said that when he got picked as the bachelor, he prayed to God and thanked him for allowing him to get the opportunity to be the bachelor so that it could take the gay out of him. Oh my God, that's terrible. Terrible. And, but just so real and raw and honest. And I was just like, oh my, it was just such a, it was a refreshing documentary because Bachelor Nation is like kind of trash. You know, I, I'll say it. Like I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge Bachelor fan, but it's like kind of trash. And it was nice to see something good come out of it. And people on Netflix n- don't all necessarily watch The Bachelor, right? So yeah. it's, it's a nice inter, I guess, network kind of thing where now maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe like people that are Bachelor fans will go over and watch the Netflix documentary, but people that are you know, watching the Netflix documentary will look a little bit more into his story. And I always watch that stuff, hoping upon hope that there's at least one person watching it that it'll positively influence, right? Whenever I watch yeah. any of those types of things. So that was my like reality TV of the weekend, which I was different kind of than the usual yeah. reality TV. And I feel like those documentaries also shine a light on the fact that we have so much more work to do as a society. 100%. The fact that somebody who, who on paper you think has it all, but is still so fearful of living authentically how we all deserve to live. I'll have to check it out. I did see the um, previews for it or like the... He's very endearing. Like he's like so easy to love, like a very, like just such a simple, just kind, just a kind guy. Like he just seems like super nice. And he's like, I'm just trying to be me, man. Like, I just want to be me. Yeah. And you know, he, he knows that he's privileged and he knows that he has this platform and he wants to make good use of it. And you got to commend people like that because there's a lot of people just like tumbling around using their celebrity for not good things. So I was like, okay, I like this. It made me feel, made me feel good about it. And I agree that there's still so much work to do. And specifically, He talked about this. I'm a football fan. Something I don't really talk about, I guess, on the pod, but he talked about how... Who's your favorite football team? The NFL. I swear to God. You already know who my I know. I just want to hear you say it so I can pick a fight with you. The New England Patriots is obviously... Vomit. Oh, I'm so sorry. For everybody who is in the Philadelphia area, I am... I am... I'm not even making eye contact with them. I love all things Boston and New England. Like there's just, there was no other option. Oh my gosh. I think think even Bruno just threw up at that. Oh man. Oh no. Don't make, he shouldn't eat it. (laughs) So anyways, he talked about, um, he went to, like I said, he had that tough conversation with his coach and his coach like wasn't getting it. So basically, no, I mean, I'm spoiling it a little bit, but I was just going to say, no spoiler alerts. <laughs> he was pushing, he was pushing his coach to be like, Hey, by the way, like there were some things that you said while I was on the field here in my high school years, in my formative years that actually made me, Oh my God. He literally said like some things that you said, coach made me go deeper into the closet. And like my heart, man, I was like, Oh my gosh, like how, Oh, and the, he's, his coach just wasn't getting it, you know? Yeah. And it just goes to show you, like, they just don't get it. He's from a small town in Illinois, like, just a small, small little town. And and he's just like, there's a ton of work to do. And even his best friends, they were like, we still love you, but what you're doing is a sin. And I was like, damn, oh, that is just hard to hear, you know? So anyway, yeah. that was me. We can we can leave that one. You should all watch it. It's if you just watch it, whether or not you're a Bachelor fan, if you just watch it because you walk away from it feeling like, okay, I need to do more. Like whatever, you know, whatever I can do to be an ally. If I catch someone saying something ridiculous and terrible, that's when you step in, right? Like we can all do our part a little bit better. Yeah. So it's just nice to 
to hear and watch. That's that's that. Absolutely. So. My pop culture, like, I don't know what that noise was. I that's <laughs> great. That's great. Okay, well, as you hydrate your life, she's taking a sip because I think she she knows that we're about to, about to buckle in. I need to I need to put water into my systems. <laughs> let's let's settle in. Grab a snack. Grab some wine and water. Get your pants or no pants on, and let's just talk about it. Pants or no pants? I prefer. I, well, that's are you wearing other. pants now? I am. Yeah, that's a whole other story, though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> story for another day, but. We are here to have you just take the seat. I am proud of you for, I mean, they obviously, I'm sure it's going to be in the title, but um, I am proud of you for kind of taking this seat. And I wonder if we should bury the lead story. in the title. What does that mean? Like not, not put it in the title. Then we should guess what this is about. You'll find out. Trust us. Yes. So you just, I'm here to walk this with you and we are just going to go ahead and Dive on in. Buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> Buckle up, buttercups is right. We've been kind of like trying to figure out when to chat about this. And obviously there have been mentions and I'm assuming I'm making an assumption. I'm trying to make an asset of an asset of you and me by saying this. But most of us listening, I'm sure, follow either me or Beck on socials. And if you do follow me, then you know that as of late, I have been going through um, the grieving process from a pregnancy loss. And you would also know that I am 35 and we've been actively trying for, at this point, like over a year, you know, a year and a half. And it took me a really long time to get to the place mentally where I said, okay, I'm ready to be pregnant. And it has nothing to do with me not wanting children. I've always wanted kids. Like you put kids around me and I'm like at my best, like literally my finest when there are tinier humans than me around me. But I have had to work through a lot with my body and that's like just the surface level with body dysmorphia and multiple eating disorders. But then also I don't have a positive relationship with my mother. I don't have a current relationship with my mother. She wasn't the kind of mom that I want to be. And it's really difficult when your only true maternal example just is someone you're like, I so desperately don't want to be like her. I just so desperately don't want to be like her. And I've always just feared like, okay, my mom is not all bad. You know, she put me on this earth and she was able to, I never, I never went without, you know, I was definitely one of those kids who was blessed to be able to try a plethora of different extracurricular activities to decide which one I actually liked. She never forced me to do anything I didn't want to do. She allowed me to be me. She was totally okay with me being the loud, rambunctious, hyper kid. She never stopped me from being myself. And I'm super grateful for that. But there was a point in my childhood when I was around 10 where something just changed. It was like literally a switch flipped and that, that human that I knew wasn't there anymore. She was just gone and she never addressed it. She never, she just never said that that was it. And that she just made our lives to be quite honest, my sister, myself and my dad's lives living house until we decided to opt out. And that's exactly what I did. And I just always think like, okay, I'm self-aware. 
I have, you know, I've worked through therapy. I'm, I'll talk about how I'm currently back in therapy, but I'm always like, she was okay until she wasn't. And I have that fear always in the back of my head. Like, what if I'm good? What if I'm good? What if I'm good? And then all of a sudden I'm not like, what if whatever it is that went off in her brain, like happens to me. So it's that weird thing in the back of your mind where you're, it's an avoidance thing. Like if I become a mom, what if this happens? If I become a mom, what if this happens? Plus, oh my gosh, my body's going to change. Oh my gosh. I already look in the mirror and I think something is different than what is actually in the mirror. There's so many layers. It's literally like an onion. And I finally got to the point where I had my physical with my doctor and she... I'm going to talk about Western medicine and how it's fucked all the way up too. But I had my physical with my doctor when I was was 34, right before the the panini, right before all this stuff went down. And she she literally was like, okay, well, you know, like you should probably start trying. Like, I know you have other things going on, but it's going to get more difficult. And I was just spoken to literally like at the strike of midnight on January 31st of my 35th birthday, like all my eggs were going to shrivel up and I was going to be unable to have children. Like she was really just like, you're going to have to work on this, like hurry the fuck up, work through whatever you're working through, like just do it fast. And (laughs) that's, that sent me into a spiral of like, okay, that whole year I was really working myself up and it worked. Like I was like, okay, you got to make your list of pros and cons. And what do you want more? Like, what are you more afraid of? Your body changing in a way that, cause I'm a control freak. As we know, I'm an Enneagram eight. When you get pregnant, there is, you just have to throw caution to the wind yep. and buckle up and let your body do what it's going to do. You can do your best. You can show up in the best way you can, but like, you don't really have that much control. And that's scares the fuck out of me. So obviously that was a big part of it. And I literally was like, okay, well, I am now going to decide that I'm going to do this. And then of course, cause I'm a control freak. When you decide, like, I was like, I'm just going to do it. It's going to happen. Right. That's not what happened. And when I finally, like, I want to start actively trying the Western medicine system here, in, at least in Canada, cause it's, it sounds very free. different. We have free healthcare. Yeah. Totally. I was like, okay, so I'm turning 35. I'll never forget this. Okay. Last October. I called her and I said, hi, I'm turning 35 in January. I will not say who my doctor is. I'm not going to put that beyond blast, but she deserves it. But, (laughs) but I called her and I said, you know, we're actively trying. What do I need to do? I'm, um, I'm vegan and I'm also anemic and it's known that vegans don't have enough iron because we are not having fish, red meat, a lot of things that have iron. So I was like, are there any tests I need to do to make sure that my iron levels are good and anything else that, you know, someone in their mid thirties needs to be taking to ensure we're all good. And she was like, don't worry about it. Just get pregnant. Call me when you're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, but you're not understanding. I'm turning 35 in January. She's like, yeah, but you're not 35 yet. (laughs) It's like September. I'm like, okay, you're right. Like in four months, I'll be 35. I guess like then we have to worry. It's just such a weird she scares me and then I call her and I'm like, can I get tests? And she's like, no, you don't need them because nothing's wrong. But it's like, but you don't know anything's wrong because you haven't tested for anything wrong. And I just have to go blindly, literally blindly into this journey, which is what we did because you trust your doctor. Mistake. So I didn't get a second opinion, a third opinion. I got pregnant six months later. So when you are, fun fact that I learned, when you are 35 plus, you are considered a geriatric pregnancy. Jesus. 
Like you, fucking- which I'm surprised that they even still do that because like, for example, my doctor, when I went was like, Oh, you have like a few, like there's people having babies at all different ages. Like you're fine. Right. I, yeah. I was I worried know. about like, do I need to freeze my eggs? I'm approaching my, and she was like, no, nah, gosh, don't even worry about it. So Great it's doctor. just so Great doctor you have there. So different. It's just so different. So different. And you know, after six months, well, first of all, they used to call it. I remember when she called me, she was like, by the way, you know, on your forms, you're going to see it say GP beside your name. It doesn't mean general practitioner. Like it doesn't mean that you're seeing me as your general practitioner. It means that you are a geriatric pregnancy. Oh, and I was like, with a new word. Wow. Okay. Cause they, she's like, yeah, we've switched it from advanced maternal age. I said, you should keep that. That's bring that way back. Better. Yeah. Bring that back. Advanced is a very good word. Yeah. I like advanced. Yeah. <laughs> so, like yeah. terrible. Like you're already like super stressed out. So we actively were trying, we got, we were hitting our mark of like six months. Cause that, you know, 35, they tell you if, if you've been trying for six months and you've been doing the whole, everything you're supposed to do, right. You take your prenatals, you follow your cycle, you're peeing on the little stick and doing your ovulation test, all the things, checking your basal temperature. It's a fucking, it's like a lab in here. So <laughs> that's what we did. I like basil in my red sauce, <laughs> my gravy, but yeah, it was a whole lab. It was a whole situation here. Took the fun right out of having sexy times. It was like, like a little alarm would go off on my phone. And I'd be like, gotta go, gotta go. HCG levels are good. Let's oh, that's stressful. Thank goodness for him working at home. I'm not even saying, I'm just saying, I'm simply saying, it's very convenient. I'm just saying lunch break, <laughs> like afternoon delight. He was but working from home. He was working, putting in his work. <laughs> so we got pregnant exactly six months after actively trying. And naturally, what does a person who gets pregnant, who is really excited to get pregnant do? She gets fucking excited about being pregnant. <laughs> and I called my, this lovely doctor of mine. And, you know, first thing they say, I get that. Okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to put a disclaimer here for anyone who works in the medical field and more specifically ever has had to give any sort of news to any woman that is pregnant, because I appreciate that there are things that you need to say. I'm sure you're, you know, there's some kind of law that you need to say, Hey, by the way, there's one in four chances that this will end in a miscarriage. And that's fine. But Wait, here's the thing. what? I feel like no. So there's something called bedside. Well, there's something called bedside manner, I think. And I feel like they don't fucking teach that. That's just like a human thing. And I, you know, called her to let her know I was pregnant. And like, you know, you're expecting like your doctor to be like, congratulations. Like, la, la, this is so exciting. And first thing she said, well, like, we, let's not get our hopes up because one in every four pregnancies at this age no. ends in miscarriage. So Incorrect. we will monitor no, you no, closely. No, no. And I was like, wow. Like I, I told Andrew, I was like, Jesus, like, fuck me. Pretty so, cunty. Pretty yeah. cunty. No, yeah. There's no way. There's no way that that has to be. I can't wait for all of my nurse friends right now. I have, I have a few very close friends that work in labor and delivery. There's no way. That that's going to be a thing that you I have feel to like tell people. Like, I was like, okay, I guess it's, she has to say it because it's some kind of like liability. I don't know. What? But I was like, God damn. So anyway, of course I got pregnant. You know, the pandemic was still doing its thing and I couldn't go see her in real life. So we had like a couple of Zoom sessions and I, because as we know, in case I haven't said it already, I'm a control freak. So 
I naturally found out I was pregnant before my period was due. So I peed on that stick that tells you you're like one to two weeks pregnant. So like, listen, I was like, not even, you know, I was like barely pregnant when I found out. So she was like, please hold, like contact me again in like three weeks when you're like, you know, I get it. Like when you would have missed your period. So we had our call, whatever, whatever. And she was just like asking me about all of my uh, symptoms. And like, I, my first, okay, this is my first time. I don't know what you hear your friends be like, my boobs hurt. I'm puking. Like everyone's different. So I was like, well, I'm not puking. Lucky me. Right. (laughs) I was like, fuck yeah. Sign me up for no puking. Am I exhausted? Yes. Am I taking naps in the middle of the day? Yes. Am I a regular napper? No. Like I said earlier. So I was like, okay. And my boobs, my God, it felt like the gremlins that are in your ovaries during your period, they migrated north into my breasts. Like I was just like, hello. Like they have these like big drums and they're just like going for it. That's how it feels. Yeah. At least for me. So I was like, that's my only real symptom. I'm just very tired, whatever. And you know, we all hear it. Every woman is different. Every pregnancy is different. But instead of, you know, comforting me. She was like, okay, that's concerning that, you know, you're not having back pain and you're not, you're not experiencing vomiting. I'm like, geez, like, give me a fucking break over this here. It doesn't even sound like, like a real doctor. I don't not talk about like, like eliciting concern. Uh, 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 it, not a, yeah. Like you're making me be concerned for no reason. Anyway. So then, you know, I'm hyper-focused on all the things and we found out pretty, I mean, pretty early as far as I'm doing like air quotes, as far as everyone apparently is concerned that we were losing the baby, but nobody believed me. So I, I knew I was losing the baby, like before anyone, you know, told me and I just knew like my boobs stopped hurting and I just knew, I also knew that I was pregnant. Like they do say that, you know, and I'm sure, I know we have all those stories where people like don't find out they're pregnant until months later. But like when, I think when you're really actively trying, you become really in tune with your body. And I've always been really in tune with my cycle and pretty regular. And so I just knew. And then I just knew when I wasn't. I like woke up one day and I told Andrew and he was like, I'm sure you're fine. Like, I'm sure, you know, because of course you're going to, obviously you're going to console me and, and tell me I'm fine and I am a worry wart. So he was like, you got this. Like, let's just, well, let's do the tests. I went through four ultrasounds, which is really hard to schedule here in Canada right now so hard to schedule. Um, and the baby just like wasn't growing and they were sending me there every week for four weeks. And finally the stress, like Becca remembers, like it was like the stress of going for these ultrasounds, you know, filling your bladder with a fucking gallon of water, being super uncomfortable, somebody sticking something up your vag, like making weird noises while they're like taking pictures of like your insides, like not giving you any any news though, the sonographer doesn't tell you shit and then lets you know that your doctor is going to call you in like three to five business days. And you're like, geez, like this is a very invasive process to walk out with no, no answers. And it was a month of no answers. Well, didn't like she say, in. she said like, oh, she'll call you tomorrow. And then she just didn't for days. It's happened multiple times. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I have like a written email saying like, I'll call you tomorrow. And then like the tomorrow never happens. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. That's great. Like I'm not stressed or anything like that's it's terrible. So finally, Andrew was like, we need to do something. Cause you're like, of course I'm stressing. So he was like, we're going to go to the cottage. We're going to go to the cottage, bless him for a week. And you're just going to like have shoddy internet and just, you're going to relax, you know, as much as I possibly can anyways. And 
The mind-body connection is a wild thing. I have told this story only a couple of times on Instagram. I wrote a post about it a little while ago, but we got to the cottage and what they kept on asking me at the ultrasounds was like, are you bleeding? Have you been spotting? And I was like, no, every time, you know? And they would kind of like look at me, like honestly, like they didn't believe me. I'm like, listen, I'm a 35-year-old woman. I know what it looks like. I haven't spotted. You guys would know. Like I would tell someone immediately. And they were just very surprised because, you know, it's four weeks in a row that this baby isn't growing. And so obviously like it's odd to them. So I get to the cottage. We open up the cottage. We're like turning on the water, the hydro, all that stuff. I go to the bathroom and I'm spotting. And of course we get to the cottage on a Saturday. Cottage is in a very small town in a cottage country area. We, our cottage is boat access only. So it is like 30 minutes away from the town. So naturally we turn fucking right around and we go to the hospital. And I had probably one of the worst hospital experiences. Like I've told this story to people and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So I walked into emergency of course, I'm in cottage country, so I walk in. There's, like, kids with, like, their their fingers were chopped off because they hurt themselves on the dock. There's, like, people with bug bites. There's people with allergies. Fingers chopped off. Like, people are, like, you know, cutting wood and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes down. No, no, it's just funny that you said there's children with their fingers chopped off. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what the kids are, like, holding their thumbs. I'm telling you. Like, it was just, like, a massacre in there. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. And I'm like in line and whatever. And they're like, it's going to be like five hours. Poor Andrew's like, okay, I'll just like walk Luna around the hospital. I'm like, oh yeah. Cause he can't come in. Right. Cause that's, he couldn't come in. So I was like, I don't think it's going to be a walk Luna around the hospital situation. Like, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. So we went, like we went in, I got in, whatever they take me in, they take 16 vials of my blood. They proceed to let me know that I'm still pregnant, which listen, I'm not a scientist. Okay. Nor am I a doctor. But I was like, yeah, of course I'm still pregnant. I have, of course my HDD levels are still high. I'm not, I have not, I have a fetus inside me. Like that's not the answer yeah. I need. I need. So she's like, we don't have a sonographer on the weekends. And I was like, can you call one in? She was like, no, unfortunately there's only one in the city and, and they're not on call. And I was like, okay, do you have, it's, I forget now what it's called. Somebody's going to have to tell me, but it's like a, I think it's a Doppler. It's just a little thing that you can put on the belly to, to basically figure out if you can hear a heartbeat. Uh-huh. And I was like, does anyone have that? And she let the guy lets me know like, Hey, no one, no one here knows how to actually use that. So YouTube. they put me in a room. They put me in a room for five hours. Okay. And by the third hour, I'm like, hi, why am I here? Hi there. Why am I here? And he, this guy tells me this doctor, bless him. He's this young doctor and he's trying. He's like trying to make me feel comfortable. I know he has these tummy stories about his wife and he's like, took us a while too. And don't worry, my wife, you know, had a couple of spotting endeavors and everything's good. And he's just trying to like make me feel good. But he's like, yeah, we're just going to keep you here because if, you know, the spotting gets more aggressive, like then we'll, we'll decide what to do next. And I was like, okay, so does that mean a sonographer will come? He's like, well, we don't know what they, depending on what happened. I'm like, so you're just letting me sit here by myself in this room to bleed. Like that's actually what was happening. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm checking myself out of this hospital. Like if you can't help me, I'm going to go back to the cottage and if it gets worse, I'll come back. And that's what they told me. So Saturday happens, Sunday happens. I know what's going on. Obviously I know. Um, I go to the, I go to the next closest town the next day. Andrew of course can't come for a, an x-ray. This is probably the worst part of this, my whole story and my whole experience. I go in, I get there early. They take me in early and the woman 
who's doing my x-ray, um, I did like the tummy one. And then she's like, you're going to have to put this robe on and we're going to have to do a transvaginal. And I was like, all right, I'm a professional at those now. So I go and I come back in and she had turned off the screen mm-hmm. for my ultrasound. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. And then I was like, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. I'm trying to like keep it positive. Do it again. I get my transvaginal. I do my whole thing. I'm saying vaginal a lot. It's what it is. I get it. I get up. She does immediately again, turns off the screen, looks at me and says verbatim, I have put SOS at the top of your file for your doctor. She'll be giving you a call as soon as possible. So now I have to drive two hours back to the cottage in this crazy rainstorm crying because I'm like, I obviously know what's going on. So that's Monday. Monday morning, my doctor doesn't call me back on Monday. I'm calling her office, leaving messages like, please get back to me. Calls me back on Tuesday morning and she says to me like this, okay? <laughs> Answers the, I answer the phone. And I'm like, hi, can you please just wait 15 seconds were my exact words. 15 seconds, Andrew's just down at the dock. I want him to be here to hear this. She goes, I wish I had better news for you. Without waiting the 15 seconds. Oh my God. What the fuck? Would it have killed you to wait the 15 seconds? This is like, again, once again, your body mind. She tells me that I'm losing the baby. She lets me know it's what's called a missed miscarriage, which is very common. Basically the baby stopped growing at around six weeks. Um, And she lets me know it was about 11 a.m. We ate lunch. I went to the bathroom after lunch. I started passing. That's that's what they say. Like you're basically, you're passing it. My body did it itself. And how wild, right? It, I had been in pain and things had been happening for, you know, four days at that point, but nothing had really happened, happened until I got the confirmation like, yeah, this is not a viable pregnancy. Yeah. And I just think that's wild that my body, mind, like, my everything like this because you had an answer inside me you had an answer yeah so your body just and did so what I could relax yes yeah. yeah and it was like I can't even believe I can talk about this without crying I, I there's been a lot of work done clearly but it's just it, the the that experience is first of all nobody should ever go through this ever it's not anything I would wish upon anyone I have told Becca this so many times like I have never been in labor. I have never given birth to a live baby, but you effectively give birth when you pass a baby naturally, pass a fetus, pass whatever people want to call it naturally. You are effectively giving birth. And I wasn't giving myself the credit for that. And then my midwife was like, you just make sure that you understand that that physical pain that you go through is, you can't just like put that under a rug. You can totally accept that, you know, it's, it's hard to go through. And it's also hard when you know what you're looking at. And I know that like, we have to put a, like some kind of trigger warning on this episode, but you know, anyone who's gone through it knows like you look down and you know what you're looking at and that's hard. You're just like, Mm -hmm. get back in there. Like, I just remember just like, you know, like looking down. I mean, I was texting Becca every, like literally with terrible internet my text messages weren't sending properly and I was sending her like photos, which is gross, but you know, what's the best friend for? But it's just like, you know, 
you're, you literally are like, oh my God, like you just look down and you're like, I just want to get, just go back in, like, just go back in. You know, you have that like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, and it was just, just, I just wouldn't wish upon anyone. I feel like nobody has ever told me how like physically it's really fucking painful. Like I have really, really painful periods and there was nothing could have prepared me for this. And I have a very high pain threshold. So Andrew was very concerned because I don't complain about anything like at all. I don't take Advil when I have a headache. I like don't take anything when it's my period, when I have terrible cramps, I'm always like, I got this naturally, whatever. I was built for this. But like he, I was just like screaming in agony and he was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Like there's nothing and there's nothing you can do. I just have to, my body has to do what it does. And no one tells you about that stuff. And those experiences, like that experience alone is so isolating. Like if you've been through it and no one in your life has ever been like, yeah, me too. Like I was going through it being like, holy fuck, like, is this normal? Like, am I supposed to be in this much pain? And then when I opened up about it, it was very heartwarming to hear and have so many amazing conversations about hey, I've been there too. I know what that feels like. Thank you for being so open about it. And I have been pretty open about like the physical pain behind it. And it's not fun and it's not cute, but exactly. It's not meant to be. Like you, know, like you can't be sunshine and rainbows and butterflies all the time. That's not a positive experience that I had. Starting from the way I was treated in the medical system here and all the way to just like how it was delivered, how the news was delivered. It's just been shitty, yes. you know? And that's like that part of the story, you know, then there's everything that happens after because not everyone decides that they want to share. But I thought that I needed to. And like, I didn't share right away. You had taken a while though. Yeah. And not everyone does. Right. And that's fine. I mean, also not everyone has uses social media in the way that I do. So I totally appreciate that. Not everybody is, you know, putting their, it's literally their dirty laundry out there if that's the way they want to see it. But I was like, I need, I need to do this because I, I really did feel alone. And honestly, it kind of boggled my mind a little bit because I am blessed to be surrounded by many, many bold, strong, independent, empowering women. And I was like, I can count on like one hand how many women in my orbit that I know have experienced pregnancy loss, miscarriage. But then when I talked about it, it was a lot of them. And I was like, okay, clearly this needs to be talked about more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had had um, close people, close people, people close to me that have experienced the same thing. So although I kind of came at it from a different standpoint of like, not fully saying that I'm like the gold star of support systems here, but just like what not to say. (laughs) And there's some things that like, if you say it, I think that the biggest thing from anyone who's on the outside perspective and has somebody who's asking you to be a soundboard or looking for you as just an arm to walk through this with, it's okay. If some of the things that are, that are said, and we're going to get into this, if you say it, AMQ, it's fine. I, that doesn't give me the green light to then also say it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so true with so many things though. Yeah. But there were certain times where like, you'd be like, at least I got pregnant. Right. And I would, I would validate that for you and say true, but I would never, if there was a time where you're like, you know what? I'm just having a rough day. I would never then repeat that back because I just know that that's one of those things that like, you're not supposed to say, or at Mm -hmm. least it was early. Cause I think that it's a grief that, 
um, that is still very valid. And I think that a lot of people minimize that grief when they try and say, you know, the things that they say. So like, how is that for you? Cause so especially I will say, yeah, look, I'm going to say, because I've had some really, really hard conversations with a lot of people I love and appreciate and adore and respect who refuse to see eye to eye with me on this. And that's okay. And some of you are listening and that's also okay. But here's the thing. Still love you, right? <laughs> Still love you. But I am on kind of a crusade to educate people on like, what the fuck not to say and why not? I'm not saying that I have a problem with anyone else's belief system. What I have a problem with is how it falls on me. Like you cannot project things onto other people because you don't know what I'm going through. You know, just because I show up on social media and I decide to be, I don't know, I don't, how can we describe me? Happy, a beacon of light, fucking silly, beacon 98% of the of time. Light. That's right. I'm a, I just have like, I just bend Fuck. over. There's just like light coming out of my butt. Just, you know, <laughs> So when that's like stops, a care bear though, out of my butt. Yeah. 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 It's also okay when like that stops though. And I think that that's also when people, um, are kind of like, Oh, what's up? Or like, feel like it's okay. Okay. To step in or the other way they'll say like, Oh, you just dropped that big news and you're just going to keep showing up on social media. Like nothing's wrong. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not showing up on social media. Like nothing's wrong. I just happen to not be like, it's okay for me not to just want to be in bed for six days straight. I had those already. I had those days and I have those mornings still. And those are, that's okay. But I also don't need to send out a flare and let everybody know that I had those mornings. If I feel like I want to talk about that, that's fine. But like, that's called setting boundaries, you know? And I don't owe anyone anything. And I think that's something I really realized because when I came out the gate, I think I said that to you 40,000 times because you were worried, yeah, but I don't listen to you. We already know this. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but you, but you were worried about that, about like, oh, you know, I have, it's like 8am and I'm just showing, or like it's 10am and I haven't talked on socials. I'm like, you literally don't owe anyone anything. Like you don't have to show up at certain times and feel like you need to be, I feel like after this, you should really listen to me more. <laughs> I mean, I've started listening. That was like, that was months ago. There was a lot of things I was like, no, no. But also you just have to like, sometimes you just got to work through it yourself. Like you just got to like walk literally like, you know, barefoot on the fire to be like, shit, that's hot. Like, that's what I needed to do. Barefoot on the fire. Yeah, for sure. That's what I needed to do for, I'll give an example. So I've decided like, you know, I've had moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be that girl on social media who talks about pregnancy loss and miscarriage support and does, and does reels. I'm going to like show up and I'm going to do it. And honestly, it's coming. I have, I have moments where I'm very inspired and I want to talk about it. And then I realize like, this is just like my eating disorder recovery, right? The second I start talking about miscarriage and pregnancy loss and trying to conceive at 35 plus, so many humans roll into my DMs and I'm grateful. I really want to say this, that I'm grateful for these conversations. and I'm grateful for the candor that goes down in my DMs, seriously. However, it's a lot for me. And I am like, shit, like when I do this stuff and I show up in this way as an educator trying to educate on this topic, I need to be prepared. And sometimes I haven't thought that through. 
like, I'll be like, I'll talk about it. And then I'll say like, like, Ooh, and it's not like you can just close that gate. Like it's been opened, you know? And I really felt a lot of pressure around when I first made the announcement, like, well, now everyone's going to expect me to like talk about it because I was getting requests. Like people were like, Hey, can you, can you, you mentioned about like how you didn't enjoy how people were talking to you or what they were saying. Can you give us examples of like things not to say so that in future we can not say it to our friends who go through this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it is my responsibility. I've been personally asked to do this. It's my responsibility. And I'm just putting pressure on myself where it doesn't belong. And it's a problem. Especially because it's not still your responsibility. You still it's have not. every you still have every right to choose how you and what you say and how you say it. So totally. And but your boundaries you said, might look very different than somebody else's. So you And know? on any given day. Right. Right. Because like right. some days I wake up and I'm like kind of like, you know, some, some the days that I'm like ready to talk about things that need to change in the way that, you know, information about pregnancy loss and miscarriage is delivered the days that I wake up ready to rock are the days like I'm angry. I'm like upset at the world and I want to like do something to change it, you know? And that's how I channel it. I'm like, I'm upset that like, it's also one of the stages of grief. Anger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking upset that I'm 35 plus And I went through, they don't teach you this shit in high school. They just teach you how to avoid getting pregnant, but they don't teach you like, but if you want to, but if you want to, here are, it doesn't just happen as easily as you guys make it seem. I went to a Catholic school and let me fucking tell you, it was a very interesting education. If you look at that penis, it was going oh my God. to get I'm you t- pregnant. <laughs> I literally was like, I cannot have sex. I, I, I was terrified. I didn't, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 19 years old. Cause I was like, my hand don't touch me. Like I yeah. literally was terrified, yeah. terrified. And Hey, that's how it was conditioned. But like you said, there's a few things that just like really grind my gears. They really, like you would say, chat my ass. I don't <laughs> my gears. Okay. Really ground my gears when people say a few things. One is at least it was early. That one. <laughs> and the only reason I say this on the other side of it now is because here's why. That doesn't mean shit because I still had to physically endure that pain. My due date is coming up in February. I think that I'm going to get to a point where. You know, like I love Christmas, Christmas, my favorite holiday. My birthday is on January 31st. There's some exciting things coming up. You know, the new year has always got that like exciting vibe to it. And like, just when I'm like over that hump and like, you know, you you have all this joy in you, I'm going to get hit hard. And I know, I know that like mid-February is going to come and all these women who I met, who I thought we were going to be, you know, having babies at the same time. And I met through mommy groups and stuff are going to start posting the photos of their babies and shit is going to get bad over here. And I know that. So I'm doing the work I need to right now to put on the armor that I need to so that I'm as prepared as possible. But guess what? It doesn't matter that I lost a baby early because I still have to live through that due date. and know that I don't have one. So what the fuck does that even mean, right? How relevant is that statement? And when I have had those conversations with people, because I literally made a point of responding, and those of you who commented know that this is true. I literally made a point of responding to every single comment when we made our announcement post about losing the baby and then having conversations in the DM with each of those people. If they said something to me that like fell wrong or didn't feel right to me, I let them know why. 
And I was coming from like a place of love and kindness and just being like, hey, just for future, if anyone else you know is going through this, this might not land well. And here's why. And I would have really appreciated that because I've had friends who lost babies and I didn't know what to say and nobody trusted me. You know, and I just am like, somebody's going to get mad and that's okay because it's okay. I'm doing something that I know will help. And I did get a lot more positive feedback than negative. And there were people that just totally disagreed with me. That's okay. But when you say to me, it was early, it doesn't mean shit. The other thing that really bothers me is uh, at least, you know, you can get pregnant. And here's the Uh, thing. At first I was like, I really thought that was okay, but I really thought that was okay No, because my doctor said that to me. She was like, well, you know, we know that you don't have any issues because you're not considered infertile because if you get pregnant, that's an actual thing. So I learned that if you get pregnant, you don't have fertility issues. That's like literally what they said to me. And I was like, okay, but like, okay, sure. Fine. You know, you accept that. It makes sense, I guess, whatever. And she was all like, you know, you're 35. Like you have, you've never been pregnant before and nor have you tried to. So like maybe your body was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Again, like, you know, and that's kind of what she was saying to me. And I was like, okay, sure. And I let myself think that. So then at first when people were saying like, at least you can get pregnant, I was like, you right, you right, you right. But then I realized there was a lot of, I had to have some really like not nice conversations, but there was a lot of people that were coming. Bless you all, your warriors for going through this, but people that had an experience with IVF and it was, they were saying that to me because they were like, well, it must be nice. Like at least you can get pregnant. I had to see, but that's still, that's still, I feel like it's terrible. And I had to, it's icky. And I had to have those conversations and say, that's really unfair. That's called projection, my friend. And you're not allowed to do that. You what? So you're mad at me because I got pregnant. I had to have some hard conversations, man. Let me tell you, I lost some friends in this, but that's important because you have to know who your support system is. And if they're not going to give you the support in the way that you need it. Yep. Sorry. There's the door. Love you so much. I'll love you from afar, but you're not serving me. That's it. And that's, you got to protect yourself. And that was a big problem because there's a lot of people like, well, at least you can get pregnant. And then I had to say, and I was telling you this, I think like a couple nights ago that I started to really sit with these, right? Because I would write them down. Anytime somebody said something to me, I wrote them down. If it bothered me, because I wanted to sit with it and like really hash out why it bothered me. Like, why does this hurt me? Why did this feel like a knife to my chest. And that specifically, like, at least you can get pregnant, um, bothered me because all I kept on thinking about was like, yeah, but I just went through a really shitty physical experience. And that wasn't, I didn't go into labor and then get a baby at the end. Right. And yeah, I can get pregnant, but like, what good is that if I can't stay pregnant? And so I just kept on like doing that in my brains being like, okay, like this isn't good. And it's really hard when you sit with that stuff. Cause then you do get really upset and it festers. And so I started thinking like, what's a way I can use this more to my benefit and to actually help people. And that's when I was like, I'm going to start like trying to put out content. It's literally still in the works. I have days where I'm like ready to rock. And then I just turn into a puddle, but I, think that those are the two major ones that I got. And on the flip side, I'm going to, I'm going to get so, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not, I was going to apologize, but I know that there's going to be some feathers ruffled for this, but you cannot tell someone I'm going to straight the fuck up, say this. And I'm so sorry. If I'm, I'm saying, sorry, I'm saying sorry, that it's going to offend people. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you cannot tell somebody 
it's God's plan. No. That. No. No. You lost no. your baby. Co-sign. Number one. I co-signed Here's that. Here's why. I co-signed that wholeheartedly. Oh my God. That just made me clench my... I grew up... I was brought up religiously. I brought... Yeah. Your butt is clenching. Like, I, I was brought up religiously and I am not... I do not practice any sort of religion and that's a decision that I've come to over time. And I feel it's a way... It's also a form of projection. And... Yeah. If that, I get that people find solace and comfort in faith. And I, I, I'm, I'm down for that. I appreciate you. And I totally can, can completely empathize with you, but that's not me. And that's not how I move through the world. And therefore saying something, I'm going to say that, and this is just, I had a lot of eureka moments with some friends. I said, listen, when you say to me, it was God's plan and I don't believe in God. How do you think that falls for me? Yeah. But if I don't believe in God, then I'm like, well, it's, it's not, it's kind of like null and void, right? If that was God's plan, like, well, but I don't believe in him. So he can't actually have a plan for me. And that's just where I'm at. Right. And we don't need this to become like a religious conversation. But But I think, I think comments like that go for any type of anything. Anytime anybody is up, is upset about anything in life, something as heavy as this or not, you can't say like it, it's right up there with everything happens for a reason. Yeah, no, it, it, they're totally interchangeable, a hundred percent. And yeah. you can't, everything way, happens for a reason is the nicer one, like the gentler one, but yeah. still. Either way, it's just, it feels very dismissive. It feels very trust the process. It feels very like all of those things that are like, oh, so then am I, so it makes it feel like you should just get over it because. Yes. Oh, it'll happen. Like it's, it's, it's good. It, you know, the universe has your back. Like, I feel like all of those things kind of land the same where it's like, well, no, I'm feeling bad right now. And I have every right to feel bad right now. And unless you're going to sit with me through it, be a soundboard so I can just let this out or validate my feelings. I can't, I can't hold on to that. I can't hold on to whatever you feel like you need to say. Like, that's not your responsibility. It's diminutive, right? Like you're yeah. like, you're kind of like making it smaller for me. And I, and here's, here's the thing. So I will say this, people get defensive as they should, right? You know, you're like, I mean, well, and I've totally. noticed, right. Where like when, when I mean, well, and I say something and it's like totally the wrong thing to say. And then you get like defensive. Cause you're like, this is what I meant. And then the other person is like, yes. However, what you meant and how it makes me feel are two separate things. And that's what we need to understand as humans that, that, you know, you can mean something totally well, but because of our lived experiences, things will be perceived differently from person to person. You might say to someone who is 35 and experiencing a pregnancy loss, everything happens for a reason. And they'll be like, you right. I got this. But what I will say is instead Because people are like, fine, you're going to go on this crusade about all the things you shouldn't say. What are some things I should say? So I'll say them. I'll say some very simple ones because I'm going to use them too. And hopefully I never have to say these to anyone close to me because hopefully no one I know experiences a pregnancy loss. However, saying things like instead of everything happens for a reason or trust in God's timing or it'll happen or just get drunk you'll get wasted. You'll get wasted and get pregnant. All those things that people do where they're like, like I fucking, yeah, like you don't fucking think we did that. Thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Come on. Um, That's how it happened the first time. Okay. (laughs) That's how I got pregnant. Like, duh. (laughs) Like, um, but 
instead of saying that, people who are close to me know that I'm, I really want to be a mom. It's pretty obvious. I also know that people really close to me know that I'm like, I wear like the ant badge, like with, with pride. Like I love, you know, like my nieces and nephews and I just love like the tiny humans in my life. I just love them. And instead of saying everything happens for a reason or your time is coming or whatever, whatever you say, whatever ominous statement you make, what I appreciate is I truly believe you're made to be a mama. I truly believe, uh, now I'm going to cry. I truly, I made it a whole hour in. You really did. A whole hour in. I was going <laughs> to, I didn't want to oh. jinx it. <laughs> I didn't like, want to jinx it. Instead of saying, you know, that stuff, you say, I really believe you're made to be a mom. You're going to be a mom no matter what. Saying those types of things helps me because at first when you can't get pregnant, you're like, start thinking, at least me, I was like, okay, it's fine. Some of my favorite people in my life are adopted. I'm going to adopt. I've always wanted to adopt. It's something I still want to do. I've wanted to adopt since literally, I literally have wanted to adopt since for as long as I can remember, even before I decided to start trying to get pregnant. And Andrew knows that. So when you say something like that to me, like you're made to be a mom, it'll happen. Um, But like, it'll happen because it's bound to, because you're gonna, because you're going to be a mom no matter what, like that type of stuff. No matter what route it takes. Yeah. No matter what, that helps. You know, I know that like Becca has, has said to me, like science is an amazing thing. Like don't lose hope. Those types of things, like those reminders are huge, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to lean into science versus religion in this part of my life. I'm going to say it. And I know that I'll have people that disagree with me, but the thing is, you know, I don't think I'm just going to look down at my womb and I'm going to have a fucking immaculate conception. Let's be honest here. Okay. So sorry. No, uh, uh-uh. yeah. like, yeah. and yeah. so if you say to me, Hey, like science is a great thing. Or you, you, I really appreciate when people reach out to me and they give me like their success stories. That's yeah. like really, really impactful. Or when you tell me about your friends and like it come, it's really, really valuable when it's like somebody, you know, who knows someone or if they're like, hi, you don't know me, but I've been watching you. I can't wait for you to be a mom. I've yeah. literally been like, like waiting at the edge of my seat. Every time you post, like I have a girl that was like messaging me like, oh, when you posted that photo of you and Andrew at the cottage, I was really excited. I hit, You're- I tapped, I tapped the love button and then immediately like started shedding a tear for you and reached out to you in that moment. Cause like, I've just been waiting for that announcement. And those things are just like, those messages also go a long way. Sometimes yeah. you don't even need to say like, hey, the universe has your back. You could just Ugh. literally say like, I can't wait for you to be a mom. I can't wait to watch this journey. It's been so nice seeing this journey unfold. Thank you for being so real and honest. Even that goes a long way. You don't even have to address. Right. I know what I'm going through. I know. You yeah. don't need to like bring it back to me. You know, you can say like, hey. And I think that that's really important because we talked about bravery uh-huh. and what it means to be brave a couple of episodes ago. And I do think that talking about it is brave because the second I talk about it, like, you know, after this episode, I'm gonna have to decompress about it because it's not like I'm not a compartmentalizing type person. I can't just be like, let me open this box, talk about it, put it back in the box. Bye. That's not how that goes. When I open something up, I need to like work through it and get to the other side or I can't like, I can't person until I do that. So 
It is brave for me to talk about it. It is brave for anyone to talk about it. It's brave for somebody who is a stranger to slide into my DMs and tell me their story because they don't owe me anything and I don't owe them anything. And that's why I think it's important to say that I appreciate all of the comments that have come my way, even if you're going to, there's going to be people listening to this podcast who are going to reach out to us and say, holy fuck, I said that to you. I said that to you. I think when we were on the call, I was like, wait, I really think I said that. <laughs> like, I'm so, and like, I didn't even know like some of the things. Yeah. So. Because you're just like, but then when you're on the other side, you're like, I would have never thought that either. I'm totally like a woo woo. Like the universe has your back in a lot of things. Right. But then yeah. I realized like, this is not one of those things where you can tell somebody the right, universe right, right. has their back also because you don't know. So that's the other thing is. I openly talked about when we started actively trying, how we were having a hard time. I would show up and talk about like that bitch, my period came again. Like I was giving people a play by play, but not everyone will do that. So when you give that, those, those reactions to people, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what it took to get there. Um, or asking people, when are you going to have kids? Like you have no idea if they've been trying. That's a whole other. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have no idea if they want to have kids. Like, hello, normalized, not wanting to have children. also, right. Right. What the fuck? Especially in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I'll tell you this, my grandma, I just spoke to her again. I'm, as we've talked about, I am very Portuguese. Okay. We have very Portuguese. My whole family is just very opinionated and bold and fucking rude sometimes straight up. (laughs) And I talked to her this weekend and she was like, I, I literally, she picks up the phone. She doesn't say, doesn't say hello, nothing. She sees that it's me. Hi, are you going to be calling to tell me about a bebe? No. <laughs> literally calling because it's Sunday and that's when I check on you because I have an <laughs> alarm in my phone to call you like the good granddaughter that I am. Okay. Like, and she was like, oh, it's okay. You know what? Literally, she said this. It's fine. You know. Honestly, you're almost 36. Like, you know, it's okay if you stop trying. I would understand because it's like you're pretty old. So maybe you should oh, stop. She, they I have was just no like, idea. No idea. Are you fucking, I was just like, breathe. It's everything's okay. Like, you know, she's your grandma. Yeah. She means well. She's does not really educated on how this works. She also likes to tell me like all the things that I should do to get pregnant. Like she has 17 children. She has one, one son. One son. <laughs> she's been pregnant one time. <laughs> She likes to tell me like all the tips. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So thank you so much. But, you know, I can laugh about it and whatever, but I already know like buckle up. It's Christmas time. Christmas time is coming. And, you know, I can say this too. I have actively chosen not to tell my grandparents that we experienced a pregnancy loss. And that's been hard because I told my dad and I actually kind of assumed he was going to tell my grandparents because like, he's the only child, you know, he's the mom's boy. And I had such a nice conversation with my dad last week. And he was like, that's not my news to give. I would never tell my parents like that's, that's you're going through it. I would never do that to you. And I was like, wow, good for you. Papa Q. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was like, wow, dad, that's really emotionally intelligent. You're really emotionally intelligent. So good for you. Gold star. But he was like, so are you going to tell them? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, good. I didn't think so. I didn't think it was a good idea. You should just tell them that you're having some troubles. But then I was like, so I did that. And then my grandpa said, I wish I, you guys could see me. My grandpa literally, I went, I went over there and he said, listen, don't you know how this works? You know, 
you put the penis in the vagina and you just get pregnant. And he was literally doing this in front of me. In and, and out of like that with his finger? Like I, this in front of me. In I my face. Like very, very so many face. weird like feelings very, like, happening. Like this in my I, face. I, I hate like, everything that's happening on the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, literally like, uh-huh. And he's like, do you guys not do that? I'm like, yeah. Wait, well, you should have been yes. like, wait, that's how we're supposed to do it? <laughs> that's not where it's going. It's going in a different hole. Is that not? Oh, I thought it had to go down your throat. Oh my gosh. I've been doing it wrong all this time. No wonder. (laughs) Wrong hole. Thank you so much, Grandpa. Thank you. Could you imagine if you said that? Fuck. I mean, honestly, when you say something stupid, you deserve to be counteracted with something stupider. But I was like, have patience. They mean well. My grandma goes on this whole thing where she was like, I cannot, but she starts crying. You're not going to give me the blessing of being a great grandma? Oh, my I just want to be a great grandma before I die. Guys, she's so young. She is so young. She is a very young grandmother. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, some people don't see their grandchildren. Like, don't be so (laughs) ungrateful. That's crazy. That's fun. That's... I mean, it is what it is. And dealing with it has been... I Like, I, I have good days. I have bad days. I can't believe I've only cried one time so far, but it's because when you really want to be a mom, it does really kind of take you over. And when you get pregnant, you know this, you, um, not, not firsthand, but through me. I was just going to say, uh, I feel like we need to correct how that just came off firsthand, but through me, (laughs) but I, you start really planning. Right. So I remember being like, okay. So like, um, okay. Uh, does that mean that like, I'm, I'm supposed to go to Punta Cana in March, but like, can I do that with like a one month old? Okay. Like we gotta, we gotta figure that out. There were, there were a few early spirals for sure. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh my God. And then, and then it would be like, but oh my gosh, so exciting. I get to have a cottage baby. I get to have like a baby that's like, can hold their head up and like, we can put them in the water and they can do doggy paddles with Luna. And like you get guys, you get excited. You totally are a mom already. And something that my friend, like I keep talking about how like I'll, I'll keep posting and being like, I know I'm meant to be a mom. I know I'm meant to be a mom. And I have people be like, Amanda, you are a mom. Like, stop. Like, you know, and I'm, I, I, that like bothers me, but they're right. They're like, you are a mom. Like you, you've been pregnant. You've experienced that. You like, you just don't have an earth side baby. And I'm like, okay. And that's hard to like wrap your head around because then I get upset yeah. about it. And I'm like, but they're right. And it's like the second you get pregnant, you know, like I've always been quite maternal, but the second you get pregnant, you're like, it's just a different, you just see the world differently. You know, like I remember when I got pregnant, I, you started this episode talking about how like you've run out of fucks to give. I remember just like (laughs) a lot of stuff changing in me, like having some good conversations with some of my close friends, you included just being like, these are some things I'm just not going to put up. Like, you know, in life, these are some boundaries I'm setting because I need to consider how that's going to have a ripple effect into my child. And it had to do with business. It just had to do with like a lot of it had to do with the way in which I was spoken to from others. Like if I keep accepting that, then that's going to carry into, you know, my kids and they're going to see me being a doormat and I don't want to be a doormat and things like that. And it's amazing what you think about like when you're like, holy shit, I'm making decisions for somebody else now. It's not just me. You really do like put your foot down and get in your feels and get in your head. And there was just so many, I was already, I was like already there on the other side because 
that's just how I am. I was like, all right, I'm already a mom. Like, okay, look, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going <laughs> to, where are we going to go? What's the first trip with the baby? Like you just start thinking about, you're already a mom in your head. You start planning out your nursery. You start doing all those things, all the Pinterest boards. And it's right. hard. Like, that stuff is hard. Also, fuck you, social media, because uh-huh. your algorithms make someone like me crazy. Because honestly, when oh. you start looking for things like your nursery stuff, all my sponsored ads are like yeah, breast pumps and like cribs and everything that you need for small humans. So it's yes. like, that's a hard thing to to have every day in your life when you're actively trying. It's also like one of those things where when you like it, when you think about something, your mind will literally bring that to the surface more in your consciousness. So like, you'll see like, Oh my gosh, every, you feel like every, you've expressed this. I'm not saying that like everyone, right. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone is pregnant, but me. And it's like, although that's not real, like it's not in your realm of life. It is very real. So it's not, it might not be reality for everyone, but it feels like your reality too, to be like, oh my gosh, like everyone's announcements and like you want to, you're happy for them, of course, but there, it always comes with a little bit of a sting, a very natural and valid sting, which I don't think is talked about enough either. I also, I also don't think that's talked about enough either because you do feel bad, right? Like, I mean, I'm blessed that I have you where I can be like, Hey, like, like this just happened, like so-and-so just made their announcement and I'm like fucking a mess, like just a puddle, like hyperventilating in a fucking voice note. And I feel bad that I feel bad yeah. because, but I know I'm so self-aware that I know that I need to feel bad first. And once I've worked through that, then they can get a congratulations. But I'm not the kind of person who's going to reach out to my friends and congratulate them and put on a happy face when it really fucking sucks. And to be honest, I've had a lot of really candid conversations being like, hey, it really fucking sucks like watching you be a mom. It really fucking sucks seeing your, you know, baby shower. Like I, and they're, they appreciate it. They're like, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And honestly, honesty is good. Like honesty is really, really good because people... And people that don't appreciate it, I mean, it is what it is. They can, bye-bye. But for me, it's been nice to just be able to talk to my like new mom friends or friends who've been trying to conceive for a while and then they do get pregnant and they appreciate that I don't just like put on a happy face and say like, congratulations. But the other thing is too, is that I've had, I've been very blessed with people having the decency, I guess, to reach out and like actually check in on me like new moms that are my friends being like hey like (laughs) I've been posting a lot about my kid lately like how you doing and like I appreciate that because I'm like I'm fucking I'm fine but if I wasn't fine I'd also say like I'm not fine you know and some days I'm not and some days I am and that's okay it's like normalizing the waves like I the things that set me off are very weird yeah sometimes I'll be like you know, last weekend I was like in the grocery store and I turned to Andrew and I was like, have we always had this many small humans in our neighborhood? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just don't remember coming to the grocery store and having like a lot of kids, like a lot of kids here on a Sunday morning. And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if like, you know, you, you wonder if that's like something you're noticing now or it's always been that way or you're hyper-focused on it or something, but you're right. I genuinely feel like everyone I know is pregnant. Like, I'm like, I don't know anyone who's not pregnant. Like, that's how actually, like, my brain is yeah. like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? Everyone I know is pregnant. Obviously, that's dramatic and incorrect. You're not pregnant. But... Yeah, true. Just one person. But for, for the record, mom, I am not. <laughs> I know she listens. But it's like you just do feel like it, right? And you're just like, there's. it's very easy to, uh, for, I've had a really tough time. I've said this to you a lot. You've been really good at like reining me in here on this one. But on my bad days, my uh, my spiral starts with, what did I do in a fucking past life to deserve this? Like, who did I hurt? What have I done in this life? Did I wrong somebody so badly that I don't know about, that I haven't taken responsibility for, that if I do, whatever fucking curse has been placed on me will be released? Like, literally, sometimes I just get, I just spiral because you, there's no answers. And here in Canada, they refuse. Oh, this is something that should be talked about. Um, you are not considered for further testing to see if there's anything wrong, i.e., you have PCOS, you have a heart-shaped uterus, maybe you have polyps, cysts, whatever it might be that could be maybe getting in the way of you taking a pregnancy to term. You are not considered eligible for testing, even though here in Canada, or in specifically in Ontario, OHIP covers it until you've had three miscarriages. So that means that I have to Endure the physical and emotional pain. Three strikes you're out. Exactly. I have to endure the physical and emotional pain three times before you take me seriously. How horrible. How horrible. And I know it's not the same everywhere. I get it because we don't pay for our health care. So it's a little bit of a different scenario. But you know how hard it is to advocate for yourself when they ask you, like you find yourself. I found myself in a fertility clinic last week asking myself when they asked me questions, asking myself, do I lie? Like when they asked how many miscarriages I've had, I literally said to myself, do I lie? Do I say three so that they'll help me? And that's terrible to feel like that because you're so helpless as it is. And like, you just want it to, and I'm going to, I'm going to say something that I don't think a lot of people say. And I know Becca knows this. I just want to be on the fucking other side of being pregnant guys. I am not excited to be pregnant. Like, and I know people are going to be like, oh my God, I am cute. Just spend an hour and a half talking about how you want to be pregnant. Are you saying you don't want to be pregnant? Oh my God. Okay. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to fall in love with it. And it's going to be the total opposite of everything. Well, I hope so. Cause I've really psyched myself up. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, I just want to be on the other side. I don't know. But it's also, it's not just the physical stuff about it. It's just like, I really, I just want to be on the other side. So I have this fucking human who I, it's my responsibility to keep alive and like came out of me. And like, I like, it's just, I just want to be on the other side for lots of reasons, but it's just the, the time, right? Like when you, there's the loss, there's the loss of the baby. And then there's like, when, when I was pregnant, I felt like I was pregnant for way longer than I was. Right. Because like for me, time was moving so slowly because I, it's my first pregnancy. I was paying attention to literally everything. I'm just thinking about everything, literally everything, literally everything. like fucking literally every my also, I'll just say something that was probably my most disgusting observation. And I know I sent this oh. to Becca was I fucking could not handle my own smell. I felt like she really was gagging. I, yeah, I felt like I was like, I needed to like run a marathon to run away from my own odor. And like, I don't sweat a lot. So I would be like, what the fuck? And then I would go to Andrew and I would like lift my armpit up and he'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, do I smell? And he's like, no. So apparently I wasn't stinky to him, but I couldn't handle my own your senses smell. And he was like, you're going to like make your armpits raw. Like I would go in the shower and just like, 
wash myself. Like funny things happen to you when you're pregnant, you know? Anyway, that's totally off the rails. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I really just wanted to talk about the fact that we need to be more careful. Words are very important. We say this so often and just like the smallest tweak and we're all about learning and unlearning. I learned and unlearned a lot of things during this process and you have to be so careful. Also, don't underestimate the power of a simple, how can I support you? That's been my new favorite phrase. (laughs) But the thing is, you asked me that today and I'm going to tell you one thing. And you asked me that. That's why you have to keep asking. You know, three yeah. weeks ago, three months ago, it's, it's going to be different. And sometimes it'll be like huge. It'll be like, hey, Becca, I need you to FaceTime me and I'm going to have to just fucking cry for three hours. And that's what I need right now. And thank you so much. Yeah, that's, now that you think about it, your responses have been different. Sometimes it's, I just need you to listen real quick and you can like take a shit, do what you need to do. And I just need to like have you listen and I'm not looking for a response. And so I, okay, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give one that, you know, needs to be said besides validation. And then other times it's, I need you to walk me off a ledge. Yeah. I need you to tell me that this is not my forever. And the one time they're very different. Yeah. The one time I remember very distinctly, I remember it so distinctly because you like, you know, you were checking in on me like nonstop when you, when we when we had the news, like for sure that I was like passing the baby and like we didn't know how long, you know, that process was going to last. And I was at the cottage. So you were worried that like I didn't have access to like what I needed access to. So you were like constantly checking on me. And, <laughs> you know, I remember you asked like one of the many times that you asked like, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And I just like picked up my phone and voice noted you like in between sobs. And I was like, I just need you to come here. Oh my God, don't do that. Why the fuck did you do that? Why did you but do that? It's true. I was like, it'll be okay. That's, I forgot about it. It'll that. be okay when you're here. Like just I just need you to like pick a date. We need you to come here. Like I need you to come here. I think we picked we picked the date. I think we picked the date very soon yeah, after that. I just need you to and come I was like, here. Light at the tunnel. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I need something to look forward to, Becca. I need I that's what I need to look forward to. And then you came and like it really was like a fucking wrecking ball. Like, yeah, you helped. It did It did help. Like, I'll, I'll say this to you guys. I looked at Andrew and I said, we can't try this month because I need to get fucked up with Becca when she gets here. <laughs> he was like, I am honored. He was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I really want this baby. I, but I really want to hang out with Becca more. Like, I need to have some space bears. I'm going to have all the shots. We need to have fucking... Whatever those stupid An entire container of blueberries. <laughs> An entire container. <laughs> I went to space for sure. Like we were, I feel the antioxidants going through my body. The quietest I've ever been in my entire life was on those space bears. <laughs> Seriously, I just kept staring at you. And then I'd be like, Andrew, is she good? Because I'd ask you if you were good and you'd be like, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. She's not answering me. Andrew, is she good? He would be like, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> Look at this YouTube video. <laughs> all right. That was great. I, I, all I remember from uh, that was was that Andrew found that song that now is on radio. Andrew found that oh, Edamame song. Malin put it that's in. That's what it was called. Melon, you have to put this song in. Poppin' at a mommy. Hey, little mama, yeah, you heard about me. I'ma pop you like a pea, yeah, at a mommy. Whatever 
It is. Andrew was like, yo, listen to this song and tell me. I just want to know. I'm not going to say anything about this song. I'm just going to play it. And he plays this song that you hear everywhere here. And he's like, yo, does this not make zero sense? And I looked at him. I was like, no, but I also kind of love it. But it was before it hit. Like, what I remember the first time I heard it on the radio, I said, I was like, <laughs> what's happening? I forgot about it. And I put that like, that was like in my, I was not, pr- I wasn't on earth when this, this song was being played. No. You know what I mean? We were in Mars. from yeah. space. So like to hear it in my car, I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> bringing me back to a spot I how didn't did remember. We, Where's this song How from? did we get here? <laughs> so, Why do I know this? So, I mean, Why like, do I know let's this? Let's be real. Like, I, I, you know, again, I know we got here because we got here because I was saying, you know, sometimes your friends will need different things from you. And it's also, I really want to say that it's like, okay to also say that you don't have the capacity because I've been a total, listen, I don't like to use the word bitch because I know it has some like very rude negative connotations to it, but I can self, I love the word. I can self profess. I know I've been a fucking, I've been a lot to deal with. Listen, I don't apologize for being a lot as a human being, but, but hormonally and mood swing wise, usually I have, I know, I know when I'm being up and down. But this process, like PMS, we all get, this is nothing like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I was being a bitch until after. And like, usually I know it's happening and I can be like, oh, I'm so like, okay, I had to reel it in, like rein it in, like you're just going off the rails, but I don't know. And I don't know. And sometimes I still don't know. Right. Like, so like, even after it's presented to me, I'll be like, oh, like, <laughs> I didn't realize. So I think it's totally valid to say that if your friend is going through something like this and they're not nice to you, you don't call them a bitch. Don't call them a bitch, but you can be like, I don't have the capacity. You know, again, words are important. Right. And you can say like, this is just, this is not my wheelhouse. I don't know how to respond to you. Yeah. How, how would you like me to respond? Yep. Do you need me to listen? Or do you need me to talk? Like Becca does that all the time. Like, is this like, do you need me here for this conversation? Or can I just like, you know, take a bath real quick? <laughs> like, listen. I will still listen. Yeah, and I listen. just know I don't need to be present. Like, you know, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to be like dialed all the way and like listening to every word, hanging on to every word. And I think that's so important. You need to also protect your peace. This is not just me being like standing on my pedestal and being like, Hey, I lost a baby. So I get like free reign and I can be a total B and breathe fire on all my friends. Like, no that's not how that works. Like, I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm saying that on the flip side, you need to understand that like people are on, like they're just like buckled in to a roller coaster that they didn't, they didn't fucking sign up for. And so there has to be some empathy, but then also on the flip side, like you can be like, that's what I mean. Like maybe, like, I don't know, like whatever, whatever you need to maybe say. Not. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe whatever not. you fucking need to say to protect your peace, it's important because this is something that at the end of the day, at the core of everything, I'll specifically direct this at women. We have to have each other's back. Like we have to, and we're not alone in, the, in this stuff and these struggles. And, you know, we might not understand what our friends are going through, but we have to have each other's back. We have to. And so I think that there's a lot of, it's hard to be that bold person to be like, okay, I actually can't answer the phone right now. I can't actually help you. I can't actually, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, but you do have to stand in your own 
right to and be like, that's my worst night. That's the hardest thing. I know, but you've had to do that too. (laughs) You've had to do that too. Like there's been things you just, I can't, I just can't help you through this. And, but that's like on both sides, the, the person on the receiving end will just appreciate that so much because sometimes it is easy to put a lot like we, we, people go through this, right. Where it's like, you always hear like you hurt the people closest to you the most because we put a lot on the people we love. And there's a lot of expectation there without previous conversation. And that's something that I've learned is that I've had a lot of conversations with a couple of my close friends here who were like my bar friends, you know, and we've kind of like not stayed in touch and then been back in touch and not stay in touch. And it's like, I have this expectation of them, but they're like, you're like reprimanding me for doing something wrong on a friendship level without previously telling me that that's what you needed from me. And you can't do that. And I was like, damn, you're right. Like, you know, it's that kind of thing. So you have to set boundaries around it too. Anyway, I could be here all night talking about this, but we just really wanted to bring it to light because it's obviously something that I'm going through behind the scenes and they're and not even behind the scenes, sometimes like right up front. It's going to be clearly something that will have a lot of impact on just everything in my future. I think the way I react to many things in my future moving yeah. forward. So we just wanted our community to know like, hey, we're not, we're not like brushing this under the rug. I know we haven't had a conversation about it. We definitely will. I know I want to have some really candid conversations with women who work in this space, who have gone through this too, and have some feedback about this stuff. Because again, whether you're going through it or not, I'm sure somebody you know has or will. And I think it's just really good to be empowered with that information on how to navigate it, right? I'm no expert. I'm just telling you from my personal perspective, but it would be really interesting to hear from professionals and people who actually work at this. So that's what we're hoping for. And this will always be a safe space for you to come as you are, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's in the DM or however questions or support and, you know, having a moment of reflection or if there's something here that resonated with you, we would love to chat about it. Yep. And let us know all the things. Um, Yeah, exactly. The safe space thing is huge for us. So thank you for all of your kind words over the last few months. I appreciate you guys. And even if those words were some of the words that I said were like the put the little red line through, I still appreciate the sentiment. I I really want to make sure that nobody thinks that I am some ungrateful bee here. I, I just, I really appreciate the sentiment, but there, there has to be some thought behind the words. I think it's really easy to just like the words and just be like, Oh, not oh, think about. Thank you for that. <laughs> you made a gross sound you. earlier. You made a gag noise. <laughs> Whatever. Oh no. I thought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, that's it. I cried a little bit. I didn't cry as much as I thought. So that's exciting. No, it was great. You were great. <sighs> this is what that was the deal. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That was the exhale. You guys just had to be here for you. You're, just like, you're like, Hey, hope you learned something. I really do. Hope you learned something. Yeah. And if you did, please reach out and let us know because I just talked for a long time and I just want to know and be validated <laughs> that I wasn't a ramble source. I love how before this episode started, no, you actually weren't. I was expecting to have to like be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. We got that. We got you were really good before this episode. You were like, I just don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be the only one talking. I was like, all right. 
Yeah, because I'm totally going to chime in here. Well, you and, did. And talk. Well, yeah, but like this is not something that like, yes, you just you should be talking. I wanted her to interview me both for Barbara Walters style and she was not into that idea. So I was like, I can't do that. That felt Because then I felt like we were doing the things you're not supposed to do. <laughs> I was like, listen, see, this is this is one of those situations where Becca just was like, uh-huh, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> I know. Because if, if that was really the style that you felt more comfortable with, I am not going to be the person that's like, no, we're not doing I know. So she, she was just like, I'm just going to let this be. I'm, we're just going to see what, like, I know that you were like, yeah. okay, fine, yeah, whatever, whatever you want. But then also, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I, I, but then also, I really hope you decide not to do it. Yeah. And it worked out better this way. So great. <laughs> Oh my gosh. As always, thank you guys for being here. We look forward to hearing all the feedback. This was probably congratulations, longest episode oh, we've I had. I just I can't believe it. <laughs> just, I'm really upset. I'm just so shocked. Ramblesaurus Rex. So Is there a noise that you can put in for a T Rex here? Do I sound like a T Rex? I don't think so. Probably. No, 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 no. No. Velociraptor maybe, but definitely. Oh, what? Raptors are way make way more. Wait a minute. I will never be able to unhear this now. Raptor. You're going to wear your raptor red and make your raptor sound. And that's good. That's it. Game over. You're a raptor, not a T-Rex. Ramblesaurus raptor. A rat. <laughs> and that's a, a red Ramblesaurus raptor. Oh, we love alliteration here. And I got you, boo. Do we have an extra? That Do we plug it in? What are we doing? This is the blooper reel. <laughs> for sure. Just leave this in, man. We do have an extra. Melon. We have an extra. We do have an extra. Did we record one? Either way, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Thanks for being here, Boo Crew. Love our vibe? Rate, review, share, and subscribe. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I Got You Boo Pod. Boo.